It's that time again for Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, or Bry the Comic Book Guy on socials. I'd appreciate a follow on Instagram, at Bry the Comic Book Guy. I post links and pictures of the issues we talk about every week, including this one. If you miss past episodes, both links will have every episode right in there for you to catch up. I share them in my stories, my reels, everything I can. Now, we are going to be catching up with Hush. This is part two of the discussion of the Batman story arc. We've seen some interesting things so far and the insights into the life of Bruce Wayne, both as Batman and Bruce. This was also a pivotal moment in the relationship of Batman and Catwoman, who finally let themselves get close. How close? Well, we'll have to go into the rest of the story to find out how close they start to get and who the mysterious figure who is following Batman around. And is he named after what the storyline is called? Hush. We left off with the Joker standing over the body of Bruce's longtime friend, Thomas Elliot, who's now a brilliant surgeon who helped save Bruce's life. And from here on, it's a roller coaster, I promise you. So let's get back into it with Batman number 614. We're going to go through 619. So we have Batman immediately launches into the Joker, and he's just recollecting all of the things that the Joker has done, from shooting Barbara Gordon, making her a crippled, to shooting Jim Gordon's wife, to shooting and killing other people, and to the darkest part of Batman's existence, the death of Jason Todd, Robin. And he's contemplating just crossing over and becoming what the Joker wanted him to, a killer. Just taking the Joker's life because killing Thomas Elliot and wounding other people in his life, he's just gone too far. But so far, this has been like a giant roller coaster of Batman's bad guys. So is he being tested or isn't he? Now, the whole time he's being pummeled, the Joker is going, stop. And it's he's just, I'm innocent. I didn't do it. I didn't kill this guy. And then as he's talking to him, Harley comes in, Batman ducks, and Harley ends up hitting Joker instead of Batman. It's just a rolling gag of, of what Harley does. And he goes, I didn't kill Thomas Elliot. My gun has blanks. And he's just continuing to pummel him. And he's thinking about Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, how much she loved being Batgirl, how much of a team player she was. And the singular moment in the storyline, which we'll get to eventually, called The Killing Joke, where the Joker paralyzes Barbara Gordon by shooting her in the back. She does become Oracle, but now she's paralyzed about it. So as Batman's getting ready to do the final blow, Catwoman comes up. She's been shot and wounded by Harley Quinn back at the theater in previous episode. And she goes, no, you don't want to do this. I don't want to have to fight you. You're going to go down this ugly road and you're going to regret it. But he doesn't listen to her. He pulls the whip that she's restraining him with, pulls her up to him, and she goes, I know what you're feeling. If the roles were reverse, I would want to do everything in my power to get rid of him, but I would also expect you to stop me. And he starts immediately thinking again of Jason Todd, and he just starts seeing red. He punches uh, Catwoman in the shoulder where she had the gun injury, and she passes out. So he's like, okay, I'm really sorry I have to do this. So I hope you understand one day. So Joker has already started running away, but Batman, of course, catches up to him, and he starts pummeling him again. But this time, somebody to stop him is Jim Gordon. He shoots a warning shot, makes him bleed a little bit, just kind of strafes him. He goes, you need to stop this. You have to think this through. And Batman just stands up and goes, Jim, I don't know what else to tell you. How many more lives are we going to let him ruin? And, of course, Jim Gordon's going to know all about it because his daughter is Barbara Gordon, and he was part of 
the whole thing with the Killing Joke, where Jim Gordon was also involved in that storyline as well. But I'm not going to ruin too many things about that. I'll let, I'll let that one speak for itself. Now, as Jim finally gets Batman to stop, they put Joker in handcuffs and everything. And again, standing over a building is that mysterious bandaged up figure just staring at him from below. And then you see him do something very interesting that kind of makes it look like, huh, is this who we think it is or is it somebody else? Because they flip a coin and it says he is innocent, meaning the Joker. Get the joke? Question mark. So then we see Bruce Wayne. He's at Thomas Elliot's funeral and he's giving the eulogy. He's giving a speech from his favorite book. And Catwoman is there for moral support for Bruce Wayne because obviously, you know, she likes Bruce. Uh, she doesn't know all the other details of Bruce's life. But she is there for Bruce, and you've got Nightwing and Robin. Everybody's there uh, standing over, and uh, he's just reliving some of their moments of the childhood, and he finally says goodbye to Tommy. So then you get into the Batcave, where Batman is starting to analyze Thomas Elliot's death on how to do it. We got Nightwing, who's in there as well, trying to talk to him. He goes, hey, have you been listening? I've been talking to you for like 10 minutes now. He goes, I have been listening. Uh, and he goes, you know, computer, audio, visual off. He's like, I've got two minutes for you to tell me what's going on. I appreciate your concern and everything. And Nightwing's like, you know, everybody is concerned about you. You lost a good friend and everything. And he goes, but we caught the bad guy. The Joker's back in Arkham Asylum. And then Batman goes, make a startling discovery. Joker really didn't kill Thomas Elliot. And Nightwing goes, wait, back up. You were there. And he goes, I saw what I was meant to see. And heard what I was meant to hear. Batman being the ultimate of detectives. He goes, a gunshot, Thomas Elliot's body lying dead with a bullet through his heart, the Joker holding a smoking gun. Now, as I said, the Joker didn't kill Tommy. And he goes, okay, then who? And then the computer has a visual of all of the key players in these events so far. He goes, it involves the manipulation of Killer Croc, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn. It reaches as high as Superman and as low as the Joker. It's someone new. Or someone old trying to do something new. And then Nightwing goes, that narrows it down to half the criminal population of Gotham City. Batman makes kind of a joke. He goes, if detective work was easy, everyone would do it. And Nightwing's like, oh, is that humor? Now I really am worried about you. But then Oracle kind of steps in and she goes, you know, the Riddler just hijacked an armored car with $11 million in cash aboard. He left a note with a riddle. And then Nightwing's like, oh, the might air, night air might clear you, clear your head. And he goes, all right, let's go. Let's take the car. And then the next two pages, something very awesome that Jim Lee does. He has every Batmobile that ever was in the Batcave, like hiding, uh, like just in the background there, and he can take any one. I'm talking about from the animated series, from the Michael Keaton movies, from the Val Kilmer movies. Every movie, every TV show, every incarnation, even the Adam West Batmobile is there, and every Batmobile throughout the decades. So it's pretty cool. So they're driving in the Gotham City. And Nightwing goes, so the word under the street is, is you're seeing Catwoman. Is there any truth to that? And the next few panels are silence. And he goes, okay, by your silence, I'm going to say it's true. So then Nightwing starts to tell him about how cool he thinks it is. He's like, it might not be any of my business, but. And then uh, after the whole thing is sell and done, uh, Nightwing goes, uh, my point is you need to tell her who you are. As long as you've known each other, she probably already knows. And then Batman's like, you're right. And he goes, really? Yeah, it is none of your business. <laughs> so it's kind of like a little joke there. Little Batman and Nightwing catch up to the Riddler, make short work of him. But then they get, uh, they knock Riddler out. But then Batman puts on his uh, ultraviolet uh, suit 
in, in his cowl, and he's like, there's ash in the, this vehicle, ash from the Lazarus pit. Now that is uh, Ra's al Ghul's territory. Uh, that's the Lazarus pit uh, helps regenerate Ra's al Ghul. So he's like, okay, how is this involved? So in the next few pages of this issue, the rest of this issue, before we get to 616, it's half split between the Joker and Arkham Asylum, but he's visited by a the figure that's wrapped in the bandages. And we also see Catwoman talking to Batman, and they're having this conversation. So the Joker is talking to this bandage figure, and he says, "You're, I'm your attorney, you're free on bail pending a hearing to get the charges dropped. And they're like, who are you? And the masked figure takes off the bandages, and it's a reconstituted face of Harvey Dent. And he goes, sorry, two faces gone, only Harvey Dent. So he's been, his face has been surgically fixed to look like Harvey Dent again. Now, if that wasn't enough of a shocker for readers, while that's going on, Batman's like, I know who you are, Selina, where you live, what you do during the day. And she goes, uh, you know, for a loner, you uh, certainly have yourself a lot of strings, Nightwing, Oracle, Robin, Huntress, Batgirl. I don't want to be one of your strings. And he goes, you won't. He takes off his cowl and she goes, what, Bruce? So Batman tells Catwoman for the first time in ages that he is Batman. Then we get to the next issue, 616 of Batman. Uh, you see a LexCorp jet with uh, Talia Ghoul on it, and Batman is close behind because he wants to talk to Talia, and she's not a hard person. She's not an easy person to find. Uh, so he goes aboard her uh, aircraft and takes her for a ride. And he goes, we need to talk about the Lazarus Pit. And she goes, I don't talk to my father anymore, but you already knew that. Estranged or not, he will not allow for you to be hurt. So he thinks if he takes Talia... He'll get an audience at Ra's al Ghul. So he goes back to the Batcave, and there's a sword stuck in one of the computers in the Batcave. So he's like, oh, crap, somebody's been here. So he goes upstairs to see if it's Alf- if Alfred's okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Now, as Batman's getting ready to go take on Ra's al Ghul, Harvey Dent shows up at Jim Gordon's house, and he goes, you know, the Joker was innocent. You were there in the alley. You stopped Batman from killing him, but uh, there's a game going on. How much longer do you want to play it? So he's like, okay, so is Harvey Dent trying to get rid of Batman or not? So while we're trying to figure that out, Batman goes into the desert and finds, uh, in, in North Africa, and finds Ra's al Ghul. So he's like, okay, uh, you ha- were you the one that used the Lazarus Pit? Uh, what are you doing? What are you involved in this? And he's like, where is my daughter? And she- he's like, she's safe. He goes, I will make you a proposition, Batman. If you defeat me here this evening, I will help you solve your dilemma, although should I triumph? my daughter will be released. And he's like, okay. So they basically have this huge sword fight while all this banter is going on. And while this is going on, Talia is in a like a deep storage facility and Catwoman's guarding her. But uh, there's some other people that have uh, some questions for Talia. And one of Talia's associates is a bad guy, kind of ninja-like, Navy, Navy, Lady Shiva. Now you've seen her before because... She was one of the suspects that Jason Todd thought may have been his mother way back in the Death of Jason Todd storyline that we talked about, Death in the Family. So uh, Lady Shiva, she's a ninja, so she ends up uh, taking down Catwoman because uh, Catwoman's not a ninja and, and Lady Shiva's pretty badass. Uh, Batman ends up uh, winning the sword fight with Ra's al Ghul and uh, he's like, okay, tell me what's going on. He goes, uh, time to just figure this out, your ninjas and everybody, you can go into a Lazarus pit and you can uh, uh, be regenerative. And uh, he goes, you know, I didn't use the Lazarus pit. One of them was defiled. 
As you know, once the life restoring energies has been tapped, the pit is rendered useless. So I didn't use it. Who would in your life wish to come back from the dead? So Batman's like, huh, who would somebody from my past like to come back from the dead? So Lady Shiva, she ends up taking out Catwoman. But uh, Talia has other plans in mind. When uh, Shiva takes out Catwoman, uh, Talia takes out Shiva and leaves them both. So Shiva's gone. Batman comes back and finds that Catwoman is injured. But then Talia comes back. She goes, you know, she would have died if I hadn't returned. I've used, uh, I used the special concoction to help uh, fix her. And she goes, you know, I thought I loved you, but apparently you love somebody else. Is she worth it? And he goes, yes. So then Batman's getting stitched up after his sword fight, and so is Catwoman. And Catwoman sees a very unique perspective in Batman's life. She's never seen Bruce like, uh, like defenseless, so to speak. So Alfred's trying to stitch up his wounds, and she goes over, and she sees, I wasn't expecting the scars. And she's putting her hand over a bunch of the scars, and he's reliving all of the scars when he's been injured from all the various bad guys. Then she goes onto his chest, and he's got three scratch marks. He goes, don't you remember this? And then he flashes to where she sliced him. She goes, now that you mention it, uh, you know, I can't imagine, how, you can't imagine how difficult it was to get out of that old costume, or maybe you can. And he's like, ah, that was a little joke there. And he goes, you know what, we have work to do. And Catwoman is now kind of getting this unique perspective, and she was talking to Alfred, and he's like, you know, you have a unique opportunity here to be in both aspects of his life. So we get into the next issue. We get into Batman 617. Uh, Catwoman's helping Batman fix the bat computer where the sword was sticking through, and he's trying to find clues of what's going on. And they're talking about trying to figure out what's going on. He goes, everything that's happened in the few, past few months, Poison Ivy's taking control over you, Killer Croc's attack, the fights with Superman, Harley, the Joker, Tommy's death, all of it's being orchestrated. And she goes, by who, doing what, and why? And he goes, it's all, uh, since this all started, what's, what is different? And she goes, us. And he goes, do you think that's a result of it? And she goes, wait a minute. And somebody's lurking above. So she's like, is somebody getting ready to attack us? So she jumps up into this little place in the Batcave, but ends up being Robin, Tim Drake. And he doesn't know that they have a thing going on, so he immediately attacks, attacks Catwoman, and Batman has to break it up. And he goes, Robin, she's my guest. And he goes, that's my choice. He takes off his mask and goes, it was my choice. And he goes, you told her? And then Catwoman gets all sassy, like, okay, you got that we're straight now, right? Do I have to draw you a picture? And yeah, she's like, just pushing his buttons. So he's like, you know, you know, you deal with this, you know, I don't trust Catwoman. And he's like, this is my decision. And Catwoman goes, come at me one more time like that, little bird, and I'm going to clip your wings no matter what your daddy says. He goes... He's not my father. And he goes, all right, well, let him tell you that. <laughs> so she's pushing buttons even though she's with uh, Batman there. And we see uh, Catwoman uh, going after uh, some clues. And we see Huntress coming up. And they're like, you know, she's like, all right, I'm playing uh, on your team now. Uh, you need to back off. I don't know what's going on. She's like, I saved his life. Not that he'd ever thank me. Uh, I, if I hadn't put him in the car, he would have died. And she goes, I knew he'd figure out my being near Crime Alley was too coincidental. That'd be the, I'd be the first one there. And she goes, are you on something? And she goes, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So Huntress starts attacking Catwoman. She's like, are you out of your mind? And Batman's like, uh, what is going on here? So Batman jumps in and goes, what are you looking for? And he goes, not what, who? And suddenly the another bandaged fellow comes up and he goes, He's looking for me and knocks out Robin and goes, 
pretender. And we see uh, Huntress is really being in control from Scarecrow. So he goes, hush, little baby, don't say a word. He does the usual speech and everything. Batman ends up knocking out Scarecrow and is like, okay, somebody else is involved in this too. He goes, why did you have Huntress attack Catwoman? He goes, you need to talk. I want to talk to Dr. Jonathan Crane. He goes, you did the profile work. You use your expertise as a psychiatrist. He goes, you're involved with this. He goes, uh, you don't understand. My fear gas should have affected you unless your mind was already infected by another source. And he goes, yeah, tell me what's going on. So then they're interrupted by this little flash of somebody behind him, and he's holding Robin. He goes, let the boy go. He goes, who are you? He takes off the bandages, and he says, this time you're going to lose. And he goes, it's Jason Todd, the Robin before Tim Drake. That's impossible. So then Batman, in the next issue, we get to 618 pretty quick. Uh, he's flashing back and forth to seeing Jason Todd dead. So he's like, this can't be it. But Superman died, Green Arrow died. Who could have used the Lazarus Pit? It could have been somebody resurrecting Jason Todd. He goes, and he starts just talking to Batman with this familiarity. He goes, tell me, Batman, you let one Robin die. Are you ready for a next one? But then Jason's not ready for Catwoman to come in, and he, she rescues Robin from this so Batman can, you know, start fighting Jason Todd. Or is it Jason Todd? He's like, you saw me as second rate, not being able to be as good as the other Batman. How can you let me die? So he's starting to make Batman doubt of what's going on. And they're just continuing this big fight, and Robin tries to intervene, and Catwoman's like, no, this is their fight. Let them figure it out. So he chases Jason all over Gotham, and they're still fighting. He goes, you know, remember someone cut your bat line? And he's like, okay, who would that be? And that goes back to the first part of Hush, where Batman is trying to go after Catwoman, and somebody cut his line. He goes, I can't say I didn't give you a sporting chance. So he's like, yeah, that was me who cut it. And then Batman hangs him over a ledge and goes, you are not the Robin who died. So he goes, uh, his inner monologue is part of the dialogue here. He goes, to make it perfectly honest, uh, to make it perfect for me to truly believe this is, was Jason, he would have called me Bruce, not Batman. So he thinks he's an imposter because Jason Todd would call him Bruce, not Batman. He goes, whoever orchestrated this is trying to uh, keep things from me and trying to get to me, but they've withheld my secret identity. So he's thinking, there is somebody else playing this game on me. So he picks up a unconscious Jason Todd, and he goes, I only wanted for you to love me, Batman. And he goes, that was the mistake you made. Even in the end, Jason knew how much I loved him. And then the body starts to mold and fade away. It's raining, and it starts to uh, just fade away. And he goes, it's clay. So it was clay faces involved in this. So then uh, Jason Todd is not Jason Todd, obviously. So then Robin comes along. He's like, how did you know it wasn't Jason? He goes... Uh, I didn't at first. The clues led me to believe a Lazarus pit could have been used and Jason could have been brought back from the dead. But on the ground, there's mud and clay. It was Clayface mimicking the role. And like, okay, how did he mimic Jason to be older? So they're trying to pick up the pieces of what's going on. And Catwoman's like, Huntress is gone. She took my motorcycle. And he goes, uh, she's, she's better than you think. And, you know, she's trying to shake off the Scarecrow's effects. But Catwoman's like, I am not going to be part of your posse. We might be involved, but I'm not going to be one of your lackeys. And he goes, I trust you. 
And she goes, you know, for what it's worth, I'm glad it wasn't Jason. He goes, I'm not because the person or persons responsible is still out there. So he goes to Oracle, who's trying to figure out who could have been the one that was responsible for all this. And they're just looking through all this. And she goes, you know, I put all these things from my computer and this is what I can do. So he meets somebody who she arranged to meet the orchestrator of all of this. It ends up being a guy named Harold, who he trusted with with everything to be like his uh, worker in the Batcave, helped him work on the computers. He's like this brilliant guy who knew how to do everything. And he goes, I thought throughout the years I've used all of my resources to find a way to to help Harold. But he goes, you know, this was something for me. I had given you so much, and I didn't want to ask for anything in return. He said he could heal me make it so I wasn't mute because up until this point this guy could not speak but then as Batman's trying to console this guy Harold he ends up being shot a couple of times and he turns around and it's the bandage figure again so he's killed Harold he goes you murdered him then we go to the big finale in Batman 619 and he goes the the bandage figure goes we should behave to our friends as we wish our friends would behave to us And he goes I'm not your friend so he's recalling to the moments when he met Harold and just he's beside himself that this person he trusted kind of helped orchestrate things going on. But now he's dead because he doesn't like his friends being dead, even though throughout the years he's been tested. He never truly broke and revealed who Bruce was. So the rest of this uh, issue mainly is this big battle between Batman and the uh, masked figure, the bandage figure. He's trying to figure out who this guy is and he ends up. He tries to come up with who it is, and he's reflecting on all everything that's happened so far. And he has that pendant that Thomas Elliot had, that green pendant that Tommy, way back in a couple of issues ago, he was trying to get back from Harley Quinn. And the figure goes, Bruce, I, you don't get a peek behind the curtain yet. And Batman's like, Thomas Elliot's dead. This can't be. And he goes, why hide your face? Who are you? And he goes, do you think it's a coincidence you're here on this bridge on a rainy night? So then it's revealed. When Tommy was little, his parents died in a car crash. Well, his dad died in a car crash, but his mom survived. He goes, you don't know how many times I've heard this story, but Dr. Thomas Wayne did everything in his power to save the Elliots. He goes, he lost my dad, though, left me with my mother. So it's like, oh, my God, this is Thomas Elliot. We thought he was dead. So he's blaming Bruce's parents for his dad dying a whole long time ago, and he's been orchestrating everything. He goes, you have no idea how lucky you were to be an orphan. All that money became yours to spend. When I had to wait years, waiting for my mother to die from cancer, pretending to be a good son. And he goes, since you were counting, yes, I had one bullet left in the chamber. Didn't see me strapped to C4 to the Batmobile while your Harold had the short-lived reunion because Batman was trying to go back to the Batmobile for cover. But he ends up blowing up the Batmobile. And just as Batman is trying to, you know, salvage anything and the fight, he's he just loses consciousness. Now, before this mass figure could take him out, Jim Gordon and Harvey Dent confront him. He goes, let him go. And Jim's got a gun. And he's like, they're too close. I'm going to end up shooting Batman. So Harvey Dent ends up pulling out a gun and shooting Hush a few times, knocking him into the water. So Batman tries to go figure out what's going on. He dives into the water, but he can't find it. So then Jim Gordon's like, you shot Dr. Thomas Elliot. He goes, well, there are a lot, there's not a lot of vital organs you can hit when they're made out of clay. 
So he thinks that that hush figure was uh, was Clayface. So then Harvey Dent's like, "Hey, take me in for what's going on. Uh, we just saw him. What's going on? It you know, Two Face is gone. I'm Harvey Dent, but you got to take me in." So Batman, one question to him: Who did your plastic surgery? He goes, "Doctor Thomas Elliot." And he goes, "Thomas Elliot is dead." He goes, "Dig up the grave. I'm sure you'll find there's clay residue." So he goes, "That can't be what happened." So now you're trying to figure out. Was it Clayface impersonating Thomas Elliot, or was it Thomas Elliot all along? And then we see a new nearby rooftop. It, this doesn't get finished in this storyline. There's another storyline that we'll get to eventually that kind of wraps everything up. But for right now, it looks like it could be Dr. Thomas Elliot and Clayface working together. And then we begin to wrap up the story here. Huntress and Catwoman have a mutual understanding. They apologize to each other. You know, Huntress was under the control of Scarecrow. They kind of make up. So then Superman is in the Batcave, and he's trying to wrap up everything, trying to figure out what's going on. And he goes, Dr. Elliot used his skills as a surgeon. He could have helped Harold, Harvey Dent. How could he have not known what, how could I have not known what was going on around me? And he goes, you know what? Something is not right. He's like, he approached Huntress, offered her money to refine her equipment, and there was concerned citizens throughout the area. And he goes, there's some trace, there's subliminal messages. Then he finds out there's been subliminal messages in his computer hidden by somebody with Harold's hidden relay. Like somebody was purposely making Bruce this subliminal message. That way, when he was hurt, he would ask for Thomas Elliot. So then he goes, you know... I kept thinking about how he found me in Metropolis and other places he's been. There's something going on. I need you to use your x-ray vision to see if there's something in my head. And Superman does a quick scan. He goes, there's something at the base of your skull, very tiny. It's a homing device. So then Superman is like, what do you want me to do? He goes, burn it. So he ends up using his laser vision to burn this while in, in the middle of Batman's head. Then we go to Arkham Asylum. We go to where the Riddler is. He's having this conversation with the Riddler. And then we find out that the Riddler was the one that orchestrated everything in the first place. And Riddler apparently has been diagnosed with a brain tumor, and he's the one that used the Lazarus pit, but he consulted with Dr. Thomas Elliot about the cancer. And he's like, you know, cancer brings people together. Well, you don't, you don't have uh, all the knowledge here. And he goes, but Thomas Elliot's mother died from cancer. And he goes, I thought he'd pay a fortune for the cure. Turns out he wanted something more. He knew I was from Gotham City, and man, does he have a mad on for you. So you came up with the bandage man in the trench coat, and he goes, hush. He goes, it started with a joke, and you know, we had to keep secrets. And it started with the scarecrow saying it was a hush little baby, don't say a word. So that's where they got the name hush from. He goes, in order to make it work, you had to solve the riddle. The Lazarus Pit gives you a unique kind of clarity. He goes, who is Batman underneath the mask? And now the world is my oyster. And he goes, right, Bruce? So now the Riddler knows who Bruce Wayne is. And he goes, uh, a riddle that everyone knows the answer to is worthless. And Riddler's like, huh, you're right. So then he's like, you know what? I'm going to make sure Ra's al Ghul knows who you were. So then he goes, I have one more question for you. What's Batman's greatest defeat? And he goes, the answer, the death of Robin. Didn't like having your nose rubbed in that, did you? He goes, his grave is empty. Where is Jason's body? He goes, that is a riddle, isn't it? So Jason Todd's body is gone. Was that Jason Todd? He goes, he knocks Riddler unconscious. A guard comes in. What happened? He fell. Need any help? No, we're done. So he goes back to uh, the cemetery near uh, Wayne Manor, 
and he has a grave done for his friend Harold. And Catwoman goes, the Riddler. And he goes, they wanted to take my life apart, and they would have, but then they never expected that when Two-Face was surgically erased, Harvey Dent would emerge as a force of good. So he double-crossed everybody when they thought he would help all the bad guys. So Catwoman's like, you know, you're pretty good at this and everything. And Bruce suddenly gets angry after Catwoman starts saying, you know, uh, those subliminal messages you could have to you told me about was uh, was I under your spell or was I under Ivy's spell? And she goes, hush. And he goes, why would you say that? She goes, what's wrong with you? And Batman kind of just gets all nervous. She goes, so this is over? If you want me to say I love you. And Batman goes, listen, I don't need to know if this started out as a spell. And then Catwoman goes, forget about being a detective for once. We are who we are. That's why this works. Maybe someday you'll trust me with that. And until then, she runs into the darkness. So this has been a huge ride, a huge thing for Batman. Not only did he find out that one of his best friends was playing him and got all of his bad guys to play this big immaculate game, and not to mention somehow his greatest failure as he sees it, Jason Todd, is missing. His body is missing. So what happened to Jason Todd? We'll find that out eventually. So I appreciate you listening to this episode. We're concluding Hush. Next week starts in a fantastic ride in the X-Men's life. I can't wait to do this because that was one of my first big X-Men epics. It's going to be called The Age of Apocalypse. That's going to be at least a five-episode jaunt. Bear with me with it. Like I said, with all these episodes, I try and be as detailed as possible. So you're going to take that ride with me in five different episodes because Age of Apocalypse is huge. Not as big as Civil War where we covered in that, but we're going to be pretty detailed. So join me next week as we start the adventure with Age of Apocalypse. Until then, thanks for listening.